Welcome to Raining from Rushmore, History Becomes Divine. I'm your host, Austin Mills, and today we've got a real barn burner on our hands. We'll be sharing the true story of a communist Red Scare sensation that swept the nation back in the Cold War days of the 1950s, McCarthyism. Today's events come from Book 4, Volume 2 of American History. Let's get started with a little background. The Shangri-La Foundation's semi-annual ball had been outrageous. A party by the likes never before seen upon Mount Rushmore. The lineup was without equal. Smash Mouth, the god of rock, headlined the night with a divine 32 hours of variations on All-Star. The popping neon strobes and lightning bolts were all orchestrated masterfully by Thomas Edison, god of light. The Morthenon was packed to the brim with gods and goddesses. Lindsay Lohan, goddess of partying and alcohol, shook her booty all night long, completely unaware of where she was. Even Malcolm X, goddess of Brady, was seen getting down with his bad self. Unfortunately, around hour 25 of Smash Mouth's performance, Martha Stewart, the goddess of homemaking, attempted a Grand Theft Auto of Samuel L. Jackson's Rolls Royce, along with 45 cartons of vodka. She slammed the pedal to the metal, flying out of the parking lot at full and a half speed. Unfortunately... She didn't see the massive marble column. This was partly due to poor city planning, but mostly due to her .33 blood alcohol content. The authorities quickly cleaned up the wreckage and took her back to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission to continue working. Nevertheless, the undisputed knockout of the night was when Harriet Tubman, the Oracle, and Schnooky, the Goddess of Ratchet, faced off in a breakdancing competition. After five hours and seven broken ankles, Tubman sealed her fate as champion with a double-down, triple-sal-cal, 720-gainer backbend. Rushmore shook from its foundations in unyielding rapture. Yet Kim Kardashian, the goddess of appearance, remembered none of that. In fact, the next morning her memory was completely wiped clean. Her head pounded like a balloon about to burst. She tumbled out of her bed of clouds and groveled over to the nearest mirror. Her hair was an eagle's nest, and her contour was dreadfully horrifying. Then she saw her cheek and let out a blood-curdling scream. Tears immediately carpeted her face, which made the bad contour even worse. When in ran her husband, Kanye West, god of rhymes. Honey butter, why is your heart in a flutter and your crib in a clutter? Kardashian, gasping for breath amidst her tears, pointed to her face, a dark, crimson, red half-circle with a line running through the circle was imprinted into her skin. It was crusty and flaky. Too bad it wasn't a pie crust. Kanye exclaimed, What in the world is that? You done got burnt up extra crispy, pussycat. 
Kardashian flew into a crazed rabbit frenzy. She flung her arms left, right, up and down, shoving her knickknacks, patty wax, and makeup kits all onto the ground. She grabbed her two rolling full-body mirrors and threw them across the room and fell into a fetal squat, covering her face. Kanye tried and failed miserably to console her. But just then, in that very moment, he was struck by inspiration and had to leave the room to write what would eventually become his hit song, Heartless, released in 2008 by Rockefeller Records. But Kardashian stayed there for days. Little did she know that something transcendent was occurring. The 32 mirrors in her room had all fallen in such a way that they projected her facial imperfection through the veil separating their world from ours. The awful marking was broadcasted enormously into the sky and could be seen throughout all the United States. It was then, on January 1st, 1950, that Joseph McCarthy, the U.S. Senator of Wisconsin, was on an evening walk with his dog Genevieve, a long-haired, purebred shih tzu. Looking up into the skies, he beheld with horror what was undeniably the red hammer and sickle of the communist Soviet Union plastered amongst the clouds. His knees gave out, his heart skipped beats, his pacemaker wasn't working right. He fiddled for his life alert, but his hands were too weak. Down he fell onto the pavement yelling, Help! I've fallen and I can't get up! From his own journal we read, That night was a turning point in my life. I went home and ate some cheese curds to try and shake what I had seen, but I knew what I saw and I knew that them commies were behind it. If they could project their sign into our American skies, they could surely brainwash us all. Maybe they have. Any one of us could be commies. Leo next door always wears red. Oh dear. My wife wore red today. I've been married to a communist for 37 years. I must stop this by any means necessary. Many days passed. McCarthy's feelings only got stronger and more undeniable. And then, on the night of February 8, 1950, O.J. Simpson, the god of disbelief, appeared to McCarthy in a dream. He listed out the names of 205 people within the government who hadn't paid tribute to O.J. in more than a week, calling them undercover communists seeking to dismantle the great American nation. O.J. said to take them out, starting with his wife. The next day, February 9, 1950, McCarthy gave a speech at the flower-filled Women's Club of Wheeling, West Virginia. He told them of his list of communists working within the United States State Department, saying, There are communists here, there, everywhere. I've seen it a million times, and it's the same every time. The communists secretly come to America, and then 
they get jobs. And then they start making investments. And then, ladies, you don't know who is communist and who isn't. So grab your brooms, ladies, because it's time to clean house. What ensued was nothing less than mass hysteria. As the record states, the women rose from their padded chairs in anger, ripped off their gloves, smashed their tea, and headed for Washington, D.C., with pitchforks and blazing torches. As they made their way towards the Capitol, more and more people joined in, grabbing their farming tools and overalls mid-stride. In unison, they chanted, Enemies strong within! Enemies within! Up on Mount Rushmore, Kardashian sat empty-minded, having long recovered from her post-party meltdown after realizing the mark was nothing more than lipstick. When back in rushed her hip-hop husband, Do you know what's causing that glow? He pointed east towards Washington, D.C. Those people about to attack America's steeple, all because of you, boo. Kardashian looked to behold the spectacle below and was infuriated by the accusation. She scolded Kanye with words not to be repeated here. Kanye, being a patient man, wasn't really listening and explained how on the day of her facial incident, he had gone down from Mount Rushmore to negotiate some record deals. It was there he saw that same facial mark up in the sky. She somehow had started this red scare. Kardashian could not believe what she was hearing and immediately launched a new makeup line, which unfortunately did nothing. Soon the entire United States was under the red microscope. Senates, reps, soldiers, colonels, teachers, preachers, wives, hives, nests, dogs, frogs, hogs, logs, you name it. Joseph McCarthy was on them like white on rice. It seemed that the entire United States was about to consume itself. This McCarthyism reached peak paranoia on a night thereafter referred to as the Night at the Museum too, raising Rushmore. The mortals set blaze upon the Temple of Washington, dismantled the Hall of Rushmore, and debusted the bust of Susan B. Anthony, goddess of suffering. Anthony, along with the other gods, was irate. She immediately descended to Earth and challenged McCarthy to a boxing match. In her own words, she said, I floored him. And floored him she did. The bloodied and bruised McCarthy stared blankly as Anthony threatened to come back and finish the job if he didn't resign immediately. The next day, McCarthy met with Arthur Vivian Watkins to craft a set of hearings to censure and remove him from politics. Three months later, on December 2, 1954, McCarthy was ousted from the Senate. He quickly returned to normal life and McCarthyism dwindled into history. However, it wasn't over yet. On May 2nd, 1957, Susan B. Anthony returned back home after her three-year-long vacation to Barbados. To hear that McCarthy did indeed leave the Senate, yet he had not resigned as instructed. In her own words, she states, I floored him, and floored him she did. He died later that day at the Bethesda Naval Hospital. Cause of death unknown. There you have the true story of Joseph McCarthy. Though he was an excellent politician, 
his career was sadly derailed by a simple misunderstanding. May he rest in peace. But, ladies and gentlemen, if there is one lesson to be learned from this tale, it's that a bad day for Kim Kardashian could very well be the end of the world.